Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. So today, I want to talk to you about this year in establishing some gradual things, some healthy spiritual, emotional, and physical habits that can bring lasting change. Lasting change. Matthew 7 tells us a story about a person that built their house. One built it on the sand, and the other one built it on the what? And then what came? Delta. Laura. Rita. Why are all these things named after women? I'm just saying. And, and, and uh, they, they, they came, and the house that was not built firmly collapsed. So looking back on this year, we can actually see areas of our life where, wow, when I got under pressure, I overate. I didn't turn to the Bible. I turned to Bluebell. When, when I get under stress, I, I really, I, I, don't, I don't read, I worry, I can't eat. When I get under pressure, I get in fear instead of getting in that word and getting into faith. So I want to give you some small things that will help us to begin our new year, to begin our new year. The first one I want to talk about is forgetting. Say that with me, forgetting. In New York, they have a famous saying, anywhere you go, they go, forget about it. I, 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 you always wonder why they said that, but if you've been there about a day, you want to forget about half of what you've experienced. <laughs> Philippians 3, 12 through 14 says this, I admit that I haven't acquired the absolute fullness of that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into... Okay. He's running with abundance. Here's the only way you can run to follow through so that I might reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. And what you think about this, everything he's leading, everything he's saying is leading up to this one thing he's about to drop on us right now about who Christ is, about the, the, the purposes that he has for us. And he says, I have one compelling focus to get there. Here it is. Read it with me. I, how much? All of the, all the past. Read that with me one more time. I, how much? Of the what? All of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Do you know why? Because until you forget the past, you can't fasten yourself to the future. So here is the first thing that I believe that we need to walk in going into this next year. 2020 is behind us. You don't have to drag it with you. You don't have to drag it with you. Never be a prisoner to the past. It's just a lesson, not a life sentence. Forget about it. It's just a lesson, not a life sentence. Secondly, here, no matter how long you dwell on the past, it will never change. 
Isn't that interesting when you, when, when you think about the past? How many of you have ever struggled letting go of the past? It's kind of like you're watching the same movie over and over, but hoping it has a different ending this time. This time, instead of me saying nothing, I'm going to tell him off. This time, instead of him breaking up with me, I'm going to break up with him before he breaks up with me. Because it isn't that I like him, it's just that he broke up with me before I wanted to break up with him. So because he broke up with me before I broke up with him, I'm mad. Now, I was going to break up with him and then be glad. No matter how long you dwell on the past, the bad past, the bad past, the good past. And here's the most difficult one, the misunderstood past. In our minds, there's usually two files, the good and the bad. That which was painful and that which is pleasurable, but, but there is another file. And it's just stuff you don't understand. You may say, Pastor Jacob, you, you've been a Christian almost 50 years. Is, it, is there stuff you don't understand? There's a whole lot of things I do not understand. But I trust God's heart even if I don't understand what his hand brings to me. You know why? Because I'm a daddy. And my children always have to trust my heart even if they don't understand what's coming at them with their hand. Forgetting. Forgetting. Here's the second one. It might be a little more difficult. Forgiving. Who disappointed you this last year? Who, who hurt you this last year? Oftentimes it's the people that we're closest to that hurt us the most. Why? Because when we have an expectation on people, whatever they don't meet, it becomes, that gap becomes the disappointment. You thought they were going to do this. That was the appointment, but they didn't, so they disappointed you. That's why the Bible says, a friend offended is harder to win than a strong city. Because with friends, you have great expectations, which means you also have great, you have great disappointments. I, I want to give you a picture. Because so often we think that forgiveness has to do with us and other people. That's true, partially. But the truth is, unforgiveness is offense. We think it's offense between us and others only. It's not true. It's also offense between us and God. Because I don't think there's anybody here that's going to walk around and go, God, stay away from me. I, I, want, I, I just want you to stay. I, I just, I, I, I'm going to stay in offense. I want to be protected from you. But listen to what the Scripture teaches us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving what? Others. What is he saying? He's saying you think that it's between you and that individual, when in reality, it's much deeper. It's between you and God. 
And that issue has to be dealt with both ways, not just one way, because you can't get forgiveness from here until you give forgiveness here. You gotta close the gate both ways. Offense is a fence. Say that with me, offense is a fence. Without also forgiving others, if you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from who? God's part. God's part. So let's just do a little bit of inventory right now. Just, just be honest. Stop a moment. Who do you really need to forgive? Who, who do you really need to reach down and pull an eraser out and say, I want to forgive it so that one day I can forget it? You say, Pastor, I can't, I can't forget it. That's okay. But you still have to forgive it. How many of you made sinful decisions that you would be embarrassed of if others knew it? Raise your hand. Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, you just committed one just now because all of us have. I have. Okay, I know y'all are sure I have. But I'm your pastor, and I know a lot of you, you have too. So, if I want God to erase my sin, I still remember what I did, but it doesn't mean he didn't forgive it. I still remember what I did, but it doesn't mean he didn't forget it. And you might still remember what they did, but you can still, by the grace of God, forgive it. Admit that you need to forgive. Account it to Christ's account. What do I mean? How many of you believe that the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross washed away all of your sins? Raise your hand. Then if it washed away your sins against God and your sins against others, then it also washes away their sins against you. It also washed away their sins against you. Put their sins at the same cross where you lay your sins and trust that if God forgave yours, then he can also give you the power to forgive theirs. Acknowledge that they're forgiven. I, I don't know how you want to do that. It might be a gift. Oftentimes I've encouraged people to buy a gift and to give it to someone as an act of faith because love is not an emotion, it's a decision. Write a letter. You don't have to bring it all up. I'm writing to tell you that last year you really hurt me. But Pastor Jacob was preaching and talked about people that have wounded you deeply and hurt you. So all I could think about was you the whole time. So I decided to write you and let you know I forgive you for being so rude, mean, ugly, and indifferent in spite of all I walked through in 2020. You were like the coronavirus to me, but I forgive you. That isn't a letter of forgiveness. <laughs> That's a dart of bitterness. You know why you're laughing, don't you? Because if you did, you'd be crying. <laughs> Here's the third thing that can make such a tremendous difference in your life. Changing 
your physical habits. Now, I, I think probably as a church, we don't talk enough about this. The world talks nothing but about this, but sometimes we don't talk enough about this. 1 Corinthians 13, 3, 16, and 17 says this, or 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17 says this, you realize, don't you, that you are the temple of God and that God himself is what? present in you. No one will get away with vandalizing God's temple. You can be sure of that. God's temple is sacred, and you, remember, are the temple. You are the temple. Today, I really want to help you. I want to invite our guest, uh, H.J. I want you to come on up. Come on and, and, and bring your beautiful wife with you. She makes you look better. Tyler, you've definitely got to bring Lacey Joe. Okay. I, I, uh, here we go. Come on, come stand right here. Let me introduce these folks to you. This is Tyler and Lacey Joe LaFleur. I am their fitness trainer. <laughs> Y'all are wrong. You're really wrong. Um, both of these folks, first of all, are very committed to our church. And as I mentioned them, we have others that are. Uh, Sozo Gym, which is a great women's gym right down the street that uh, Tiffany Gotro has. Jace Lopez, Jace, stand up. I'm his physical trainer. Sit down. I, I'm his bodyguard in the spirit. Uh, he does a, a great job. You can get in him on social media, Jace Lopez. He does works out of Hub City Gym and out of his home. But these folks are also very committed to our church and have helped a lot of people. Let me tell you a little bit about Lacey Joe and Tyler. Lacey Joe and Tyler, first of all, I didn't know that. I mean, you, you look at this and you just think she's probably a saint, was born, you know, holy, and walked into this church and just blessed us with her presence. And Tyler saw her and went, Jesus, you've answered all my prayers, and ran down to the altar and we married him. Uh, I loved her words when she said, Pastor Jacob, I was a very messed up little girl until I walked into the doors of our Savior's church and was born again, and Jesus changed my life. She and her husband have an incredible practice together. Lacey Joe is a dietitian, and her husband deals with the medical side. I've sent a number of people to her one lady recently I sent to her who became a diabetic by virtue of her diet. She worked with Lacey Joe for six to seven weeks, lost 20 pounds, was able to throw away all of her medication. Tyler was able to do all of the blood work and do all the medical side. He works under a doctor, so he's able to do everything for prescriptions to that. So between them, they do physical life coaching, okay, and then physical health coaching. And the thing that Lacey does that's so amazing is when she starts with you, you take a picture of everything you eat. Watch out. <laughs> is this on? There we go. I said, watch out. <laughs> and they send it to you. So tell us real briefly just what you do and how you and Tyler work together. Sure. So, hi guys. Um, I'm Lacey Joe. Like Pastor Jacob said, Tyler runs a virtual um, functional medicine clinic. 
and I do the nutrition aspect of it. So we meet people where they are, whether it be a diagnosis that you come to us for, you're just wanting to get healthier, um, whatever the root cause is, we meet you in that space and then through nutrition, lifestyle, and health coaching daily through accountability, we guide you along the way. Um, do you wanna add anything to that? Okay. okay, I nailed it. Okay, and, and Tyler's expertise is the medical side. Give us a, a minute about that. So uh, I'm not a, a doctor. I work under a doctor. I'm a nurse by trade, but I'm trained in functional medicine. So functional medicine is, most people know it as integrative medicine. So we look at root cause analysis for certain things such as blood pressure, cholesterol, uh, stomach issues, hormones, um, autoimmune disease, stuff like that. So with the lifestyle coaching, um, and the lab test, basically we pair them together just to discover what the actual problem is and then go after it as opposed to just guessing and just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Lacey Joe worked with Shamika Daniels and she lost about 30 pounds in about seven, eight, nine weeks. It was life changing for them. Wow. Okay, thank you. Give them a big hand, stay right there. And HJ, so glad I did that. <laughs> this is HJ. How many of you are familiar with HJ? Is, his uh, place is right there. He used to be at the City Club. That's actually where I met him. And then his beautiful wife came along and convinced him that he needed to be at our Savior's Church. And so H.J.'s been here quite a while, but I met him there. He has since built an amazing gym, an amazing practice in what they do together. He was formerly a trainer with the New Orleans Saints for four years. I don't know if you know this, we draw people from the saints. I'm just saying. So why don't you tell us what HJ and y'all do since I know he said, please don't make me talk. Uh, so at our gym, we offer personal training. We have men and women trainers and we offer classes all day long. Um, so whether you're a morning person, an afternoon person, um, our classes consist of 45 minutes. It is a high intensity gym that we meet you at your own pace, wherever you are. Um, it is 30 seconds on, 15 seconds off. Every day you will get a full body workout including strength training as well as cardio. Each workout, um, I'm sorry, each workout complements the one before. So one day you may do a lot cardio, the next day you may do a lot of strength. It's not going to be any crazy um, big weights. It's more functional training that you can do throughout your lifestyle. Um, and we teach you a lot of things, a lot of form and a lot of things to implement, even if you can't be at the gym, things for you to do at home. Okay, so they can contact y'all at, here, say it, say it. Uh, you can go to Lacey Joe's Facebook page at Fleur's Health, um, or you can go to www.hphi.life. Say that again. www.hphi.life. Okay, and how can we so contact either, you? You can find it. Oh. Is this one? Yeah. You can find us on Facebook. Um, it's going to be Hit Fitness and Pro Shop. And you can also find us at 1319 Verat School Road. We're right across the street from the old Bonton Grill. Okay. And do you want to verify that everything she said is true? 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Give them a big hand. You set that right there. Thank you. Thank you. Now, we can't guarantee that y'all are gonna look like them and us. <laughs> Pastor, why are you laughing right here? Uh, 
Don't we love Pastor Daniel Kelly and what they're doing on Simcoe Street? Stand up, Pastor Daniel. You know what our Christmas present was to their church? We paid their building off, $170,000. That was our Christmas gift to them. So, hey, if you're ever on Simcoe and need love, that church only. <laughs> only, only. You know, a lot of times when you look at some people go, well, that, that, I mean, you look at them and honestly, they're good looking, they're intimidating, they're... But the truth is, you can start with this. You know, you know how much a pair of tennis shoes cost? Not much at all. Not much at all. I've discovered a long time ago that the two greatest things that you can do for yourself, even if you can't afford a gym membership or to be a part of any of these things that we've mentioned today, drink a lot of water. How many of you drink coffee in the morning? Raise your hand. How many of you drink coffee first thing in the morning? Raise your hand. I'm going to help you right now. I'm going to help you. How many of you have ever seen a cup of coffee? And by the way, if you don't want to listen to anything they say, Dr. Ali, stand up. He's one of our leading heart surgeons. He'll replace your heart and all your valves. But hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you will listen. But so we're going to get you one way or the other. So that was really funny, by the way. Just kind of hit me. <laughs> Sometimes I humor myself. Have you ever drank and left a little bit of coffee at the bottom of a cup? Raise your hand. And looked at it later in the afternoon in the sink? What does it look like? Okay. Why would you want to put that in your body the first thing in the morning? So, Pastor, do you drink coffee in the morning? Absolutely. Love coffee in the morning. But the first thing I do is I hydrate myself. And listen, I know there's some of you here that aren't going to agree with me. You, like, you drink Fiji water. Okay. There is nothing better than hose water. Straight out of a water hose. Come on. That's spring water to me. It springs straight out of there. I, I, I mean, my children all drink bottled water. I don't know whether they're, I, I'm healthier than all of them, and I've been drinking it out of this faucet all my life. But I drink two to three full glasses, 10, 12-ounce glasses of water before I drink coffee. Why? Because when you get up in the morning, the first thing you do is go to the bathroom. Why? Because your body has been cleansing itself all night long. So would you shower and then take what's at the bottom of that cup and throw it on yourself? Of course not. Of course not. These are simple things, okay? You don't have to hire any of these people. This is just common sense. So wake up in the morning, drink three full big glasses of water, and then have your coffee. Then after you have your coffee, then drink just as much water and start drinking water all day long. Your body is made up primarily of water. And so the more that you do that, you're just flushing. You're actually giving your insides a shower. Okay, these are just common sense things. If you will walk at least three times a week for 15 to 20 minutes at a time, it dramatically changes your physical health and your physical biology of speeding up your system and all kinds of other wonderful things. Here's another thing. Do you know that most people live sleep-deprived? Because if you stay jacked up on caffeine, you can't even sleep right. So 
These are just common sense, practical things that are just taking care of the temple that God gave you. Is this okay? Is anybody mad? Well, don't worry, there's still more. Okay, here's the fourth thing. Get yourself financially right. Get, get, get your wallet right. Get your wallet right. Get your, get your wallet right. But you say, Pastor, what, what do you mean? Let me read to you the verse, and then I'm going to talk to you about it in just a moment. Malachi 3, 8 through 11. Begin by being honest with God. Do honest people rob God? But you rob me day after day. You ask, how have we robbed you? The, which is 10% of my income, and that's anything else that God asks us to give towards. That's how. And now you're under a curse, the whole lot of you, because you're robbing me. Bring your full into the temple treasury so there will be ample provision for my temple. Now watch this. Read this with me. Test Test me in this, says God. See if I will not open up the heavens itself and pour out a blessing beyond what? Your wildest dreams. I, I want to I help you just a moment, okay? And I want to just tell you something just so you'll know, okay? Last year, our giving was down $1.7 million over our budget. Go, Wow. But because of the wisdom of our trustees, our elders, and our pastors, we still were in the black for the entire year. Because we believe it's our responsibility. And even when we saw that we were $1.7 million, we started looking for $170,000, 10% of that, to give to somebody. And guess who showed up? When you start giving away 170 grand, it's amazing the people to show up. But we, God says, I want you to test me in this. It's not about your money, it's about your heart. Jesus said you will either serve God or money. What is he saying? You will either find security in me or you'll find security in what you own. That's what he's saying. So I am telling you this, you need to tithe and we're fine as a church. You need to tithe and we have money in the bank. But you need to tithe not because we need it, you need to tithe it because if you don't, your heart will attach itself to something that won't last. Is that okay? So here's the first thing I want to challenge you to do. Number one is pay God first. Just pay God first. Maybe you haven't been in that, practicing that at all. Start this year. Start this year. Secondly, pay yourself next. Put something aside. Put something aside. Then you begin to pay your bills. The biggest challenge that most of us face is, is, is getting out of debt. It's buying things that we think are really urgent and important, and when you get them, you regret that you have them. I, I love uh, the, the advice of one of the greatest Christian financial planners, Dave Ramsey, who says this, if you have a problem with that, take your credit cards and freeze them in hard water and put it inside your refrigerator. 
And if you really want something, take it and thaw it out. Don't put it in the microwave. And if by the time it all thaws out and you've gone through that exercise, if you still really need it, it might be something that you need. The majority of what we do is impulsive buying. Come on, how many of you like that heathen coffee Starbucks? I do. How many like Christian coffee CCs? Okay, do, do, do you realize that most people don't even realize this? Look, when I go down the coffee aisle, if, if community coffee, which morning blend is my favorite, if it's on sale, like I'll stack up, like it's, you know, $3.99 or a bag, I'll, I'll like stack up. And I'm like, I, I mean, just tell you, I will drive five miles further to get gas five cents cheaper. <laughs> I am personally frugal, but I try to live gen- frugal with what I get, but generous with what I give. One prioritizes people, the other one prioritizes possessions. It's true. It's true. And so I want to challenge you to pay God, pay yourself, pay your bills, create a good emergency account, but get out of debt. Get out of debt. Debt and sin are the same way. You know what it says, forgive us our debt, as we forgive our debtors? How many of you have ever done something sinful and you knew you need to ask God to forgive you? Okay, good. We're gaining more sinners by the moment. Thank you. Okay. Do you know how it feels, that time between, like, the time you ask God to forgive you and you're sitting there going, I know I should ask God to forgive me. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. But, and you, you know that, that turmoil, that, that disease that you have. Being in debt feels the same way. You go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. Make getting out of debt a priority. It will transform the quality of your life. And you don't have to clap. It doesn't matter. You'll be clapping afterwards. Would you at least clap for that? Here's the fifth one, spiritually getting yourself right. You you know, I can ask you one question and tell the spiritual condition of your life most times. One question. For most of us, it's, have you been to church? That's not the question. You should be at church. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But here's the question. How much time do you read I want to show you something that's very powerful of a survey done of thousands of people and their influence by the Word of God. Watch this. There was a recent study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they pulled 40,000 general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80, and they just wanted to see how we are engaging with Scripture. Right. And they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study. It, they weren't even looking for this, and this is kind of became the highlight of the study. Right. Um, when we're in the Scripture one time a week, and that could be church on Sunday. That's pastor saying you open your Bible, we hear the message. One time a week had negligible effect on some key areas of your life. So I'll, I'm going to spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week 
negligible effect. Now at three times a week, there was a blip on the map, like there was a heartbeat. Something happened, again, a heartbeat. Okay. But here was a profound discovery. When we're in the scripture four times a week, it literally spikes off the chart. You would expect that it'd be one, two, th I mean, there'd be a gradual incline right. on the effect and impact that would have in your life, but it was literally one, two, three, four, something radically happens. Okay, you got my curiosity. To this what, extent. What kind of behavior is being affected? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Wow. Like four times a week in the four Bible. Four times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues drop 32%. Uh, bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that, that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time are you spending in Scripture? If they're in the Scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a flip positive side, sharing your faith wow. jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's Word. And then discipling others jumps 230%. It's not because this is another book. You read the Bible and the Bible reads you. You were created by the Word of God. God spoke, and everything that you see that's created, He spoke it into existence. You understand that? So when you read God's Word, it's recreating your mind. It's recreating your values. It's recreating your priorities. It's recreating your morality. It's recreating your thought life. It's going in, and it's literally, if you can see, as God breathed into the dust of the earth and he made man, the Bible says that God's word is inspired, which means God breathed. That's what the word inspired means, God breathed. And every time you read this book, God's breathing on you. God's breathing on you. God's breathing on you. And he's reshaping you, and he's remolding you, and he's washing you. It's not any other book. It's the book that has the words that created you, and it recreates you the more you're exposed to it. <clears throat> Commit to get in this word every day. Don't, don't, don't make some big, I'm going to read through the entire Bible. and I'm, Don't do that. Okay, you, you can get a one-year Bible, as Pastor Chris says. How long does it take to read the one-year Bible that you read, that you read through it in a year? Four chapters a day. How long does that take? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Maybe you're slow. Ah, Jesus. Okay, 30. Read that word. Do you need to listen to it? Yes, you can listen to it. But listen to me. Read. There's nothing like reading that word. There is nothing like reading it because while you're reading it, it's reading you. Read that word. Commit. God, I'm going to daily spend time in your word, even if it's only five minutes. If I want to read the whole, you heard, if you, you want to read the whole Bible, read four chapters a day. But I'm going to daily get in that word, and it's going to change who I am from the inside out. Start a prayer time. Just a prayer time. I made a promise when I was a teenager. God, I'm going to talk to you before I talk to anybody else. I'm going to see your face. 
before I see anybody else's face. That has been the habit of my entire life by God's mercy and grace most days. And then hiding this word. But before I was praying this morning, I thought, well, what am I going to do this year? What do I want to do this year? These are the things that we commit ourselves to. Here's the next thing that's so important. Hebrews 10.25 says, This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, read this with me, we should come together even more and eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate what? He's talking about the Lord coming. Is the world getting darker? Is Jesus coming soon? He's saying that is a sign to you. You need to be together more because the enemy, the wolf, is trying to drive you away because when the wolf can get the sheep off by himself, he's got you. You're done. And then today, I have a, so a gift that, that, that we created this week for you, which is 10 declarations that you can speak over yourself with the verses that go over them. The first one is, I am a born again child of God. The second one is, I am a new creation. The third one is, my past is totally forgiven. Fourth, the same spirit which raised Christ from the dead lives in me. I am more than a conqueror. I am greatly loved by God. My strength and security are found in Christ alone. My future is blessed and bright. The devil hates me. And the world is waiting for me. The verses and all of that, I have one of these for each one of you as you go out today to take for you and for your family. Remember, the reason you say that is not because it sounds good. The reason you say that is that's the one thing that's true about you and every other opinion that anybody else has spoken about you leaves. That is the origination of what God said about you from the very beginning. Remember, the difference between those who live successfully and those who live unsuccessfully is very small. It's little changes made consistently over an extended period of time. It's little changes made consistently over an extended period of time. Now I want you to bow your head with me. And would you just quietly ask God a moment? What did you say to me today, Lord? What are you asking me to do? Lord, so often we gather together to hear the worship, to hear music, or to hear the preacher. We want to pause and hear you. Speak to us.
And quiet moments like this, the Holy Spirit speaks very loudly. What is he talking to you about? Let him know the small changes you're going to make. To be in a discipleship relationship. To commit yourself to accountability. To begin honoring God with your first 10% so that he can be sure that your security is in him and not in what he's given you. you need to forgive to commit yourself to physically taking care of the temple of the Holy Spirit now with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to ask you the most important question of your life. Jesus said, unless a man or woman was born again, they wouldn't see the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, unless a man or woman was born again, they wouldn't enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he said, don't be surprised that I tell you, you must be born again. Maybe you came to church today because it's the beginning of a new year and you knew that you wanted to give God first. I'm so proud of you and so grateful that you're here. But transformation begins the moment you're born again. You say, Pastor, I've been christened, I've been baptized, I've joined the church, isn't that good? That's a great start. But Jesus said, unless you're born again, you won't see the kingdom of heaven in John 3, 3. Unless you're born again, you won't enter into the kingdom of heaven. My birthday's June the 17th, but my spiritual birthday's the week before Easter, 1971, when I prayed with an African-American counselor in a chemistry lab. That day I prayed to be born again. The old Jacob died, and a new one was raised from the dead spiritually. I've had good days and bad days since that day, but I've never been the same since that day. That was my spiritual birthday. I was born again. Have you been born again? It only happens once, just like the day you were born. But you may say, Pastor, I believe in God. I've been christened, baptized, joined the church, but I've never prayed to be born again. Then let today be your spiritual birthday. The first Sunday, 2021. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're hearing you say, Pastor, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus, but I've never prayed to be born again. How can I do that? It's as easy as ABC. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus Christ became your sin bearer. And he died for your sin so you wouldn't have to die with your sin. See, confess Christ as your Lord and Savior as you turn away from sin to be born again. If that's you and you're here today and you go, Pastor, I've never prayed to be born again. I've never done that before. But today I want to begin my spiritual journey. I want to be born again today. If that's you on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and I'm going to just pray for you. I'm the only one that's looking. And I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you right in your seat, right where you are. And today will become your spiritual birthday. One, God brought you here. It's not an accident. Two, everything in your life led up to this moment. God is waiting. 
the prayers of those that have stood with you and prayed for you is waiting as well. If that's you today, and today you want to be born again, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Say, Pastor, by doing that, you're just saying, Pastor, pray for me. Three, if that's you, raise your hand. Raise your hand high. Yes, 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 yes. You could put your hands down. Last 10 seconds, Pastor, I didn't raise my hand with all these that raised their hand, but I should have. My heart's about to beat out of my chest. I know this is what I need. I know God's talking to me. If you didn't raise your hand, but you should have, raise it and wave it at me right now. I'm asking this last time for you. I'm asking this last time for you. Wave it at me. Yes. Yes. I see your hand. All right. Now let's pray out loud together, church with all those that raised their hand to be born again. Let's join them. Folks that raised your hand, we're just going to pray out loud with you. And at the end of this prayer, you're going to be born again. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my guilt, my sin, and my shame, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I would not have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn away from sin to be born again. Today, God is my Father, Jesus is my Savior, and I'm born again in Jesus' name. Amen.